Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined, as always, by A1. Trace Finicaro. And... I apologize if this one has already been used. Anaconda Lisa Rice. I don't know if it has been, but that's Definitely the one guy, Kennedy. <laughs> Definitely been used. Fuck you. Yeah. Used and abused. That's not okay. <laughs> so, uh, YouTube... Uh, having a major kind of controversy. It's crisis of conscience. Crisis of conscience. Um, it's some old kind of stories. They're kind of coming, becoming new stories. Uh, Gunner, I think you have some of the details. Why don't you lay it out for us? Oh, man, What's yeah, going on? I gotta, I gotta pull up my thing. No, so um, you know, again, one of one of the one of the pervasive issues with YouTube is effectively it is. It is the movie poopshoot.com in every meaning of the word for the internet. So uh, last year, <clears throat> oh my goodness, uh, last year there was that whole kerfuffle over the weird kids videos that started spamming up in people's feeds, even if they had the, 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 what are the YouTube kids turned on. So YouTube had a, had a YouTube kids kind of app that they developed that was supposed <laughs> to only be, it would kind of filter out content so that you couldn't watch adult content but what was happening is if they watched long enough on like with autoplay kind of on eventually they would drift to videos that although maybe have been cartoons or something like that maybe on the surface the algorithm could not identify but there actually was probably some adult content and very inappropriate content for children I think that the filters are actually programmed based on a neurological model of Mark Zuckerberg because Mark Zuckerberg isn't capable of understanding people either. So, but that's the gist of it, yes? That's the gist of what happened? Yeah, so YouTube Kids is like a special YouTube app. It's like a separate install. And what it does is it doesn't have the the clickable ads like YouTube has. It's a simpler interface. Um, The pause button's in a different spot. Um, It's more cartoony. um, And... With YouTube Kids, it's by default filters out the content and tries to focus it on just kids' content. But yeah, there was something went haywire, um, and it was I believe a guy doing a TED talk that exposed it. And the not only was the content showing up almost by some strange equation. I mean, you could almost predict the next video, and they were all very very similar videos. It was like, you know, it was like a hundred thousand copies of the same um, the same song. And they would just chain to each other. But the part that he was really concerned with in the TED Talk was that it eventually uh, would land on inappropriate content for children. So it'd be like cartoons with, uh, it would be like it would be like a like cartoon Mickey and Minnie, but they might be doing some sexual act. And those were kind of showing up in the kids app, but it always eventually made it there. It's like there was a problem with the algorithm and that was being exposed. And YouTube actually uh, fixed that, so that doesn't happen anymore. You still do get the 100,000 versions of the same song. But um, yeah, it hit, hit the, the news recently because of uh, Pokemon Go using the abbreviation CP, which Google's AI just assumed was child pornography. It actually is combat power with your Pokemon, and uh, they assumed it was child pornography. And it's also part of kind of a a bigger issue that they... So this goes back to the the comment you made earlier where it's like the the, the AI, the AI is is picking things out. 
So, again, we go back to this gentleman by the name of uh, Matt Watson, who uh, had done some demos that what's happening is that um, any video that features images of children, like video, basically video of children, mm-hmm. and it... It's kind of the flip side because they're, the, you know, the, the biggest thing that YouTube and Google were supposed to be doing is that they're trying to do something called the semantic web, which is not just an act of actually like, like I have a hyperlink directly to something. It's a contextual information link, you know, so it, it's like, it, you know, like you have hashtags and stuff like that that aren't really links, but they're like a flag to say that this is. This is related somehow. Maybe you'd be interested or. Yeah, maybe you know. Yeah, somewhat related to what you're watching or, or consuming currently. So what was what he's alleging is happening is that you have uh, pedophilia networks basically inserting comments or timestamps into the comment section on videos that have like footage that maybe there's a scene where somebody's like in a quote unquote compromising position. Um, and I'm trying to find a very nice the very nice lady's name because uh, there's a lady who runs like not like Casey Neistat style but you know like it's a pretty it's a pretty known YouTube channel and it's just uh videos of her son doing gymnastics practice and she got like completely shut down demonetized everything like that <coughs> not because just, so not <clears throat> not because anything that she posted anything she did that was in a negative light or anything like that but it was like because in her videos that YouTube is flagging it's like deca- disgusting comments from well, deplorable people and it gets even more it get where it gets more involved in that is that she's actually like she's considered the bench like the benchmark for moderation, like, you know, like, this is, this is exactly what we, she's used as the example in internal documents on how they want a kid-friendly channel managed. Sure. And they can't yeah. tell her why, you know, like, they can't yeah, get her. Yeah, she's a perfect example of, of content that should be allowed. But, but yes, it's, it, it, because the thing is, is that effectively YouTube is so schizophrenic that it can't, you know, like, there, there's, there's three things, which is that, one, um... They're trying to cash in by advertising. Sure. Which well, they're is, trying to which get paid actually, for what they is, do. Which is systemically yeah, that's antithetical to... Yeah. Well, yeah, because let's say you're a big co- you're a big corporation and you let's say let's say you're you're a game developer, right? A game developer that happens to embrace Pokemon. <clears throat> if you decide to target your ads during Pokemon uh uh, shows and somebody reports back to you that your commercial ran before a child pornography video on YouTube, then you're going to go to YouTube and you're going to say, what the hell are you doing with my dollars? You know, why are you even allowing this content on there? And t- to Google's credit, actually, when they pick up on these weird things like, like, like CP, their AI figured that out on its own. And that may actually be a good thing. The strange part is the mass shutdown of these channels. It's like, it's kind of like um, the clerk at a store, uh, you know, realizing that there's a problem. Maybe, maybe there's theft, but the clerk at the store telling the regulars that they know and they trust to leave the store. And in the case of YouTube, 
it happens. It says like, hey, your account's been permanently banned. <clears throat> the channel gets shut down. It's it's quite a, it's quite a rash way of doing it. And uh, what I read about one from one of the uh, from one of the the, the Pokemon uh, video uh, creators is he's like in the in the email that he received saying that his account was terminated. It said we did a manual review and still determined that your account must be terminated. And he's like, what manual review? If you just opened up my channel and watched one video you'd realize that there's no content worth banning an account on. He's like, you, YouTube actually lied to these content creators. Mm -hmm. They said there was a manual review. There was no manual no, there review. Are, the manual review consists of looking at the flag, the, 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 the number of points that were scored by the AI to see that the calculation was... The, yes, the AI says that you accumulated seven different instances, so you have seven demerit points. The threshold is six. Your channel is banned. But they shouldn't call it a manual review because well, there was no manual review. And the only reason that they turned it back on is because what happens is these YouTubers have to reach out. Hopefully they have other ways to reach out besides YouTube, but they have to reach out to other content creators and have those other content creators complain. So you get somebody like, like PewDiePie complaining about how all these Pokemon uh, channels are getting shut down. PewDiePie is listened to by a third of the world, and now all of a sudden... YouTube is listening as well, and they fix the problem. But there should be a better mechanism for reaching back out to YouTube and get the channels turned back on. It kind of turns them into into this god of content. Well, I mean, that I think so. Fundamentally, when you just when I just see the basics, some of the things that are kind of screaming out at me, it's I mean, obviously apparent. It's too big. It's far too big for even Google to handle. Um, it's just way too big, you know. It, so, so here, here's the question: Do you is it possible to have a business get so big that you regret starting it? Because you can't, you know, from from an investor standpoint, you can't like just be nobody can buy it. You can't divest yourself of it, but because of the legal legal and regulatory environment that you 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 live in, it's. A fucking it's a fucking albatross that you're stuck with because it was done it was done under the rampant idea that we'll get fucking we'll get you know we got to build the user base up first and then we'll get we'll get the money later and it's, now it's oh, like it's that's the, a little unfair i don't know if that's the case i feel like this is their own this is their own fault when google started off they started off as a search engine <clears throat> They weren't the content holders. They weren't the content creators. They just told you where other content creators were. So if you were looking for a website, people would try searching for that website on Yahoo. They try searching for it on, on MSN. They try searching for it on Ask. They try searching for it on, uh, <clears throat> what was it, Alta Vista or um, uh, what were some of the earlier ones? SGs. Dogpile. Yep. <laughs> They, they'd go up, yeah, they'd yeah. go out on these other search engines, and what they would find <clears throat> early on, and this was really us, right? This is really the Wade Gunners and Traces of the world that, that really picked Google. We picked Google because we would use all of these search engines, and we would end up finding out that the Google search results were the best. That's where they started. And YouTube was one of several competing services for sharing your own original video content. When Google first started, they had something called videos. 
Google video. And you could search there and it would give you results for 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 a lot of different video sources, Google videos being one of them. When they purchased YouTube, they slowly started shutting down their own Google videos. And now YouTube is almost it's it, YouTube is a YouTube only medium. And that breaks their original business model of let's crawl the internet and find out the best. And what happens is, is now YouTube is the only source for videos. There is no competition. There is no one for them to bounce their ideas off of. And <clears throat> what happens is Google, all of these YouTube problems are unique to YouTube because nobody can possibly compete with them as a video provider. If they would embrace another platform, if they would offer search results from any of the other streaming services, then they could actually partner with those streaming services to attack major problems, like how do you keep child pornography off? It's kind of like all email going through Hotmail. When, when, email, was first, when email was first invented, nobody thought that it would be used for spam. Nobody thought that it would be used by well, scammers. Well, it was a university tool. What's that? It was it was for university researchers. It was it was it was inner email was originally designed effectively as an inner office memo system between com- computer researchers. And then, you know, they things were born like spam assassin and different different algorithms for detecting what a spam email looked like and because of the strict because of because of the competition with email, you'd have Hotmail Gmail and Yahoo and whoever all competing for the better spam filter. Now, sometimes the spam causes us problems and legitimate emails make it in there, but it's pretty rare. And when they don't make it in there, if, if, if you're expecting an email, it doesn't make it to your inbox. We just go to spam. If right. we find it in there, we mark it as safe and we keep going. But that's, that's from years and years and years of, of, of filtering user-generated content. Um, or sometimes computer-generated content, the algorithms can detect as being good or bad based on reputation and stuff like that. YouTube is kind of on its own right now, and they did it to themselves. Why did they push the rest of the industry out? Because they could be helping them with this right now. They could be working together to make content filtering, whether they're listening to the words that people are saying, for them to pick up on two letters, CP, and mass mass. Uh, shut down a whole bunch of YouTube accounts, that's a very drastic measure to trust a computer with. And it scares me because what's next? If we're okay with Google shutting down a bunch of channels with 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 tens or hundreds uh, <clears throat> um, of thousands of subscribers, what's next? That was my that was my phone. <laughs> You're saying the word. It heard me. It will hear you. It heard me, okay, it heard me talking. Um <clears throat> We hey, found Siri. your location. Yeah, the, the we are irony dispatching of, the authorities. The irony dis- of that. We are dispatching a suppression team. Yeah, but what's next? What's the next computer-generated algorithm that we just blindly trust and could potentially shut down? I mean, it's it's a good point, and I think this is exactly what happens when there's no competition. This is. This is what happened. This is kind of one of the end results of because there's where else are you going to go? You're not going to like these content creators are furious because they have no nowhere else to go. There's no oh, where come else. On. There's to, Venmo and 
Venmo. Yeah, but I mean, legitimately though, there's not really another place to go. No one's Ven- Venmo Pornhub, Newgrounds. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you say Pornhub because that's they're probably they're probably close to on par with YouTube for uh, uh, for like viewers and stuff like that. What's interesting about about some of these uh, adult or porn uh, websites is, is that you I mean I, naturally you wouldn't put you you really wouldn't want to put content on there. You wouldn't want to be associated with Pornhub if it wasn't. Uh, uh, porn related, but they actually have a similar spam problem. Um, with their sites, uh, there is there's the, the, some of the content providers. Um, <clears throat> let's say let's say it's a company trying to get people to pay to go to their website. They'll upload a bunch of free videos, but they'll upload. It's it's very similar to the whole uh, <clears throat> the the nursery rhyme problem that's happening on YouTube. They'll upload the same video and they'll just change the beginning and the end of the video just slightly. They'll upload about ten thousand copies of it to these. <clears throat> to these uh these these porn websites and they'll change the title just slightly so when you do a search on those sites it's the same content overload problem that youtube has so it's interesting that you mentioned that kind of joking because they actually suffer the same problem where the content creators are they're they're the content creators are gaming the search algorithm sure and uh in driving their, their results but you know that problem that problem is it kind of still exists. YouTube hasn't really fixed that. The fact that you get the same the same nursery rhyme plays three hundred times in a row when you're on YouTube Kids is still a problem. It's well, it's also weird... like they're not. You're not. Another possible misstep is YouTube almost tells you like we when they introduce this autoplay feature. They're essentially saying, "Well, we know it's we know exactly what you're looking for, and we know it's what's best for for you. Essentially, we know what you'll be interested in, and that's that's also kind of a major problem. You know, it's there's a lot of factors. the The thing I think that bothers me the most is not the CP thing, and then everyone getting shut down for that. That's almost it's a it's a big mistake, and it sucks for those content creators. The thing that really bothers me is what actually Gunner talked about, where a completely innocent channel, an actual family-oriented channel, which you would want your kids to watch, gets shut down because of these skeevy fuckos. Well, yeah. because what, 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 what they've done is that Google has opened up fucking Pandora's box because if this is a way to... to if, if they're going to moderate content based on the comment section in and of itself, part of what drives their recommendations is engagement in those comment sections. But it's also that if... You know, if 4chan has taught us, if 4chan and Dash B has taught us anything, it is you weaponize that shit. So as soon as people start dropping negative comments on people they don't like, it's and 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 I think about um, this might have even been done intentionally. Um, I've worked on a lot of computers in my day, and there was one computer that I that I worked on, and it had some of this bad content on it. And when I was doing the, uh, the investigation on it, I found out that, that there was something on the order of 1,200 files, and they were all created within one second of each other. Yeah, so... Which tells me that there was actually a payload downloaded and delivered to this computer. And it's, it's smart from 
a criminal perspective because if you if you get the if if you deliver a payload of, of illegal content to a computer that happens to be very similar to an, to uh, the illegal content on on your computer as a criminal then what you're doing is you're you're diluting the uh, you're you're diluting what what appears to be the the criminal network and it's harder for officials to find the offenders, the actual offenders, because you're kind of making these fake offenders out of these innocent people by delivering payloads to their computer. It's kind of smart. So it makes you wonder if the the, the, the criminals that actually may be using the letters CP for bad purposes, for child pornography, it makes you wonder if CP was was chosen strategically because it was a common tag that was already on oh, Facebook maybe. Yeah, maybe it or, was. or already on already on YouTube or already mm-hmm. on Instagram or whatever. That CP might have been the perfect tag. And all you have to do is make a custom search where you filter out Pokemon. And now you're you have all of the content you were looking for. But it's even crazier. If YouTube tweaks their algorithm so that they still keep the CPs out that are bad, but they keep the CPs in that are good, the Pokemon ones. Now all you need to do is put hashtag Pokemon in the bad content. And again, you've you've diluted the landscape in in somebody searching, somebody casually searching doesn't really know the difference. Right. Um, but you also have to be careful because you're going to show up and people are searching for Pokemon too. So you have to find some way of differentiating yourself. Like a marker so, or something. A marker, yeah. yeah. But I, I think it's... It makes you wonder if it was accidental or intentional, because like I said, when I service these computers, you can see that they've there's a virus that has downloaded these payloads and try it. It really tries to to make you part of part of this uh, this criminal pool so that you get flagged as an innocent person while they can go on and continue breaking the law. Or it's just more difficult for to for the authorities or whatever to to find you and actually catch you if right. everyone's yeah it's essentially. Yeah, if everybody's if everybody guilty. looks the same, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's tough to find It's kind of like murdering somebody and then running around the and, and just putting blood in, in all of your neighbor's houses. The, the, the investigator is going to have a hard time telling where the murder actually occurred if there's blood everywhere. And it's funny that I feel more comfortable talking into a microphone about people, about putting blood all over your neighbor's houses than I do about, about child pornography. It's 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 weird, but it's you know it's a topic that it's a topic that's very 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 uneasy to even well, but, to even use, use those words. But while being but recorded. you know let, let's let's get into let's get into brass tacks here. It you say that that's an extension of that weird Puritan fucked up. We can talk. We can have as much violence as we want in fucking media, but as soon as, as, soon as the fucking squicky parts get involved people lose their shit yeah you know and like you know it's it's fucking double trouble when it's like here we're going you know like actually it goes from just fucking societally socially inappropriate to fucking murder offense which there is one warranted response the the sexualization of, of, of children in any way shape or form is super fucked up and that's like that's like I sentence you to sloth from fucking seven. You know the guy. Fuck the, I. You, you get to be a mushroom guy. <laughs> but well, as far person? as crimes go, I don't think there's a more egregious one because you're essentially you're 
damaging a lot of the time, sometimes, sometime, not a lot of the time, but sometimes damaging sometimes without any p- potential repair. Like you're ending a, you're, you're, you're ending a lot and you are ending a life at that point, not killing, maybe not, um, maybe the life isn't going to end like in a physical sense, but the life that that child could have had and the childhood that that child could have had has ended. Like when, when someone just decides to, to do that shit. It it's, I mean, I'm well, not saying you know, like, and, and like the, there's that a Puritan like uh, never mind, never mind, is right, never, but. never, never mind, like just emotional fucking wreckage. Um, that's you people know what? don't people don't like dealing with that, and if you are a recipient of that and actually fucking disclose that, you get double you get double dipped because it you fucking people are uncomfortable being around you right, it, it's a fucking it, it, you can't you can't pretend that it doesn't exist it's a it, it's a mark and it's not actually god it sucks like it's it's just yeah, it fucking horrible all around like it's it, the i'm i don't even really want to dive into this fucking topic no, because no, it's, it's, it's so it's, awful yeah it's a toxic topic yeah it's a toxic topic um but yeah, so um, but the, the the problem still the problem still exists with YouTube. If YouTube is allowed to determine, you know, it's almost like they have a like 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 a like a warning and alert system. If they're allowed to just shut down mass shutdown channels that their intelligence engine deems, you know, violating their terms. What what do you do when your channel is perfectly legitimate and it's and it's falsely flagged. I mean, they tell they, right in the email it says it says it's been manually reviewed and this decision is final. They're essentially telling these YouTubers there's no way for them to get their account back. There's no one eight hundred number to call to ask, say, hey YouTube, I'd like to dispute this. It's it's just it's once again it's too big. It's too like, big. Well, it's just way too big. They cannot manage it. I don't think anybody can manage it. <clears throat> it's too big, and frankly, at this point. It is essentially a utility. Like it well, is just but, like but the electric this, company. It is just like the gas company. Well, it is just like cable network, cable television. When you say that, yeah. So this is this is this is the this is the twofer, which comes back and forth, which is that effectively they want common carrier provisions, but they don't want to do anything that that would entail. Which is, you know, you can't discriminate against traffic. You can't, you know, like there's certain guarantees of service. It's why the telecom industry keeps fighting, you know, like, it's, we, you know, uh, for real reals brass tack, you know, the kind of, the separate issue from this, we, we fuck, you know, like, there was a whole fucking battle for, like, the idea that, like, you were going to have a, a free internet, as it were, you know, like, a, 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 like, not, and that's, that's gone, that's done, that's not, that's not going to happen, unless somebody, it's unless not realistic, somebody, man, it's well, not, no, no I'm, I'm not saying, like, free is in not, like, free is in beer, I mean, like, free is in, like, you know, you don't have people fucking doing traffic, right, shaping, stuff like that, and well, it's, we lost, that is not Fair gonna enough. happen, but, it, but, it, and, but it has to, though, I mean, you still have what you're describing, but it's being done on stuff like, like you know, modern equivalents of the Silk Road, right? Yeah. There's there's networks that are completely private. You can put, mm-hmm. put whatever you want on there. But the trouble with those networks is, is that they're used for illegal activity. They're predominantly right. used for illegal activity. I, oh, back, and back. I think most people are okay knowing that you can buy 
cocaine and meth on these underground networks, I don't think it bothers them that much. I really don't think that people care. But when it starts being used for, uh, you know, for stuff like child pornography, it becomes a huge concern. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty tough position to be in. You decide that you're going to allow people to buy and sell whatever the hell that they want. And there's stuff, there's hitmen being hired on these services. And you just live with it. Where where do you draw that line where you say, this is the, we allow allow murder, (laughs) but but, oh no, that crosses the line. So so to your point, Gunner, I I don't think you can have a truly free network where people can do whatever they want without being filtered. I think it has to mirror society. No, no, I'm, I'm saying, but so the issue where I'm going with this is that I'm not saying that it's it's the same thing you know again it's that it's that screaming fire in a crowded movie theater but it's the idea that yeah if you do something that's fucking like if you're posting child pornography or fucking snuff films or something like that you're fucking prosecuted to the full extent of the law but it's not it's not the purview of the carrier to interpret what that 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 becomes because it's, but then you know, who but then who is it do you just allow it no but but <sighs> because what you do is you allow the criminal networks to grow because you're actually facilitating a better communication medium than they had previously we have that now we have that we have that we have that not we, so, we do so, have it Gunner, but so, no. that's why that's why youtube puts in these algorithms but the because thing is youtube can be used <laughs> As a tr- network tr- tr- for criminals, no, no, and, 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 I'm, and somebody I'm, needs to I know, step I, in. I, 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 I know what you're saying, and I guess the thing is, is that unfortunately, it's intrinsic to the problem of the medium that we're working in. Yeah, but no, no, no. Where, where I, where it's I, it's intrinsic t- to humanity. Yes, yes, but where, where I, t- the people, medium right? is just makes it faster. We're, 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 we people, right? You, you and you and I. Yes. Okay. What is the principal? What is the principal thing that we do as IT people? Which the is principal thing that we do. We work. We work around. We work around the system that we're we're we're, we're in, embedded in. Sure. Right? Yeah. Fine. You're so you're saying that YouTube has come up with these measures. The problem is, is that the measures that YouTube implemented, these people are now using. <laughs> To actually do the thing, to, to do the activity that the measures were implemented. Well, we don't know that for sure, but but, but you know, it's it's this idea. It's yeah, it's but the concept the, but, of the but, semantic. But Gunner, the medium itself. is the medium, right? Whether you're whether you're folding up oh. notes and passing them to each other underneath the table. See this, this or this is, this is you're meeting up at a coffee shop when you know shit. it's empty, right? Or you're you're buying a burner phone. Yep. The criminal activity happens on all mediums. Mm. The I. I don't think it's intrinsic to the medium that they're using. I think it's intrinsic to humanity. And when you increase the speed of communication, when you increase the the uh, uh, the, the the speed for finding other like minds, you increase the chances of them talking. I don't. I wouldn't say it's intrinsic to the medium. I mean, it's not like the internet has a big poster that says "Use us for illegal activity." Oh well, see, and this is. But this when is you where... say, "Hey, the free internet is over," <clears throat> how else do you fix this problem? Well, no, because the thing is, the, the that 
we, you know, they talk about the concern about we live in a walled garden and all that stuff, but, you know, like, we're going to live in a, you know, like, the companies are trying to make it a walled garden. It is a walled garden. When was the last time you tried to find a website without going through Google or Bing? You know, what, what, you know, like, and half the content we consume on the internet is in semantically linked, you know, housing tenement, you know, housing neighborhoods as it, as it were. I mean, like, shit, I mean, Facebook... You know, not to get, you know, like... I don't think we're in a walled garden. <clears throat> Connor, you can make a website today and it can show up in a search engine tomorrow. We're not in a walled garden. But it's depend, it's depend, it's dependent upon the algorithm promoting you to the point of being able to... It's, it's not dependent on the algorithm. If, if, if you decide tomorrow that you're going to make a candle that smells like poop and kiwi, and I Google poop kiwi candle... You're the first result, Gunner. You invented it. You're the first result. It's not dependent on an algorithm. You're the only search result for that term. What it does do is it kind of it kind of encourages us to be creative about our, the content that we post. You know, I don't know what PewDiePie means, but the world will know his name forever. He's like the Michael Jordan of YouTubers. People will never forget his name, and his brand will probably outlive him as a person, and that's crazy, right? It's like um, uh, actors, you know, and musicians have this, where they can have they can have a legacy that lasts much past their death. They have an estate, and uh, look, was it Marvin Gaye? Um, You know, you have an estate, and the, the estate can still be worth money. You can still be worth money as a brand. Michael Jackson's a good example. Yeah. So, to say that we're in a walled garden, I think, is a bit, I think it's slightly pessimistic about the problem. I think that it's easier now than it ever was to be a creator, for mm-hmm. people to discover you as a creator. And although you're right that there are, you, there are people gaming those search algorithms, if you're truly unique amongst a crowd and somebody is looking for that unique... They can find you without you having to crawl through this walled garden. Without having to crawl through well, these algorithms. So, so here's the thing: did you, did you, did when we were doing our music project here, and I, I'm guilty as well. Did did you have a Twitter thing and try and create viral posts? And they say, "Hey, I have a SoundCloud. Go to." Da, da, da. What are you talking about? Well, trying to be, trying to it's game. It's a bit. It's a bit. But yeah, because well, because um, so are you familiar with how Lincoln Park actually got? popular back in the day before the internet no actually it was on the internet because what that what they what they did was they were spamming up myspace people they were pop, they were popping up my people's myspace channels like a like a fiend okay and that's really how they got their initial critical mass mm-hmm. to kind of get but but yeah so there's kind of a twitter bit now where it's like hey i have a hey i made this viral i made this post that went blew up and if you were interested here's my soundcloud go go check out but um, you know, you're talking about how pre- it is very easy to put content on the internet. It is relatively difficult to have people find it. You say that you know, especially because it, again, it's if it's just a straight up index search, that's one thing. But now we have this concept of semantic ranking it and whatnot, which really has been. But how is that different than you walking into a city? 
in holding up a sign saying you're good at music. I mean, how's that? How's it different than being an artist and trying your trying your entire career to be put into a gallery? No, no, you. It's it, it, what you're describing isn't a walled garden. No, what you're describing is is a a, a very populated um, species. And you want to stand out amongst the species I, I, to be found. I mean, God, I, like, like you do stuff, right? Like, like you do some of the, like the cosplay costumes. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to be found when you're the only one making that costume today on YouTube? How hard is it for you to be discovered? Right. I, I have a hard time believing that, that we're, we're in this walled garden. I think that China has suffers these issues. China suffers these issues because YouTube is blocked there, which is a pretty big problem. Actually, they, and, just, they just opened up a whole shit ton of stuff today. They, oh, did today? Yes, like literally this morning. Oh wow! Like well, NBC, NBC, Go- NBC, CNN, all that stuff. That I heard not- that they were partnering with Google for, um, uh, for for some of their content, which means Google's handing over the keys, um, figuratively and literally. Um, they're handing over the keys so that they can decrypt the content and scrape it. Uh, is YouTube one of them? Uh, let's see. China unblocked. CNN, NBC, CNBC, USA Today. I don't I don't see YouTube tagged in here. So their main video service is Baidu. Well, they, and, but um, but the, the thing is, is that Baidu is, uh, it's not really consumable by, by the U.S., Number one, most of its content is in Chinese, and it's not translated to English. So it really wouldn't make sense for the average uh, English speaker to consume it. Um, uh, but they are—they're very strict about the content that gets uploaded to it, and they have—they um, have similar ways that they—that they search the content. I would be interested to see uh, a comparison. Something that is heavily, I, I assume, Baidu's government regulated as well, very heavily. Yeah. I'd well, be interested to see if they ever have any issues with, uh, not, like, not even similar to the YouTube thing right now, because the YouTube thing right now is a bit bit twisted up, but like inappropriate content essentially popping up on their sites. They're even more, they're even stricter though. So, I mean, one of the things to realize is that, like, all of the, all of the like uh, original American content that YouTube shuts down for copyright infringement, China isn't really concerned about that. So, right. so if you have like if you have like season one through eight of Lost that just <clears throat> shows up on Baidu, they don't really care that much about it. Which is nice from a consumer perspective if you're not in China because if you know how to search for that using the Baidu search engine, then you can consume that. You're streaming your videos from China, but you can consume that and you can kind of get that for quote-unquote free. Kind of like the Russian videos. People get, oh, I jailbroke my Fire TV and now all of my television is free. It's like, well, no, it's just Russia is stealing it and nobody really knows how to crack down on it, you know, unless the ISPs well, actually well, block actually, and it's all funny. Russian IP it's addresses, funny. which would be very, very China-esque for us to do. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because part of one of the one of the topics of discussion for that, like them unblocking all those news sites, mm-hmm. is that it's part of China getting ready to roll out the fire, the, the Great Firewall on uh, the five G network. So they needed to. Oh, they needed okay. To, well, that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, if you're Chinese government, if you could partner with with CNN and actually scrape the content as people are consuming it, isn't that better 
then pretending that it's blocked and then watching it come in through all of these illegal means, right? Yeah. It makes sense for them to to uh, monitor at the source because it would be easier for them to actually observe what's being consumed. And then they can block those videos on a, on a video-by-video basis. You guys watch John Oliver? Mm-hmm. I, I don't typically watch, but I am yeah, no, who he the, is the, what the, he does. The, There's the, an interesting the, point that he makes about the parliament. <clears throat> if if you're a comedy show, you're not allowed to show footage of the parliament. You can't show any footage at all if really? you if you're a comedy show, and um, because of that, when he when when um, last week tonight or that's the name of his show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when last week tonight plays in Britain, anytime he's he's poking fun at the parliament, he, uh, HBO has to replace the content. And what he does is he makes it very painful. Like he'll make them like watch a dog waggle its tail or something like that for three minutes while he would normally be talking because he's not allowed to show the footage. So it's interesting because the, 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 the local laws that, that impact what we're allowed to consume, they, they may not be as strict in Britain, but each country has their own, you know, they have their they have their own problems where the government says, sorry, we don't allow that. And the content needs to be filtered. It, for HBO, it actually is in their benefit to just cooperate with these strange laws. Because as long as they cooperate with these strange laws, the rest of the HBO services can be consumed in Britain, right? right. Now, all of a sudden, even even you can they can even show up the, the, the parliament footage, but it has to be it can't be in a comedy light. It has to be in a serious light, you know, so they don't even have to remove all of their parliament footage. They just has to have to remove that footage, which was mentioned during, you know, a stand up routine or, you know, or or um, something that's something that's 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 comedy based. So China really isn't the only country with this problem. China's just much more strict and. China, if China has the ability to filter the news articles that they feel their their um, their the people would, I mean, they, they they need a sense of control. So, <clears throat> if they could filter just the videos that they feel are a threat to their nation, then they're going to get less revolt. They're going to get less illegal video downloading because. 90% of the content is safe. It's only that 10% slice that, that China really needs to filter. Now, what it does do is it adds curiosity when those 10% are missing. Well, so they have yeah, to get like, creative on how they, and, on how they and strip it also, out. And also, I mean, a big kind of... It's, it's this double-edged sword. All the censorship. Well, you're safe from the predators. You're safe from the stuff you really don't want to see or you don't want anyone exposed to. But you also don't really... You're also not exactly free, right? You're not exactly able to go out there. And I, I guess that is the conundrum. And maybe there is no way to really do that. It's if you want to be completely protected, then you have to hand over complete. You have to completely submit. And you have to complete, like, you have to give someone else the keys, essentially. But to me, that's the walled garden. I don't, I don't feel that we're there here. And, I mean... Feel free to argue with me, Gunner. I don't feel that we're in a walled garden here. I realize that there's signs of it. There's really serious signs of it. Like you said, there's Google algorithm Google algorithms that put your search results on the top. There's YouTube algorithms that can shut down your page without your permission. But for the most part, it's still democratic. What concerns me is that there's actually no democratic process for gaining for getting your page back. 
You yeah. could have a hundred thousand followers. No, it's shut just your, down, it's done. And you got to hope PewDiePie mentions you on his mm. on his next video because who else is going to shout out loud for you to get your channel turned back on? Well, and I don't that, think it it's requires. Like, it, it, it's either that or it's like, hey, go to this new. Like you disappeared, please. If you're trying to find us again, go to this new place because Google is being weird. Yeah, but the new place is going to be shut down too because they they didn't learn their lesson. You know, and that's why I like to use spam spam email as as an example. There's different filters on spam that can detect whether or not an email is bad. One of them is if your subject is all in capital letters. Mm-hmm. We all know somebody that types this way. Hey. Yeah. That's one thing that lowers your reputation when you're sending an email and you're more likely to become spam. Another one, and this is one that people don't really see, is when you type up an email and you have like your bold letters or your your fonts are all cutesy um, and you have your signature at the bottom and all of that stuff, when that email gets composed and sent, the body of your email must have a text version of it, clear text, without all of the markup, without the colors, without all the fonts, without all the images. The text version must match exactly to the regular version. Now, most anybody thinking about this is like, well, why would that matter? Well, the reason that it matters is because if you're sitting and typing inside an email program, the email program just needs to know that. So that means that you sat down and you actually typed the keystrokes yourself. However, if you're sending somebody a fake email and you're automating it, and in the automated email, you, you have flashy images, you have flashy text and something that somebody clicks on, Often criminals are lazy on the internet, and these spam engines kind of take advantage of this. They're often lazy. So when that email comes through, the spam filter says, okay, number one, it's all caps. We're marking you down on reputation. Uh, number two, your the body of your email contains all of this text, but you forgot to send a plain text version across because they were lazy. Um, and then, of course, there's other flags, like, like they've never sent an email to this person before, or you've never seen emails at all from this email address before, like it was created just for an attack. Um, so they have these types of things. That same that same problem should be solvable when it comes to video content, right? Reputation based, um, be able to detect to detect the criminals. Um, the criminals usually are lazy and they fall into certain um, certain stereotypes. YouTube should be able to do something similar. The fact that they haven't been able to do it completely puzzles me. You can filter an email, but you can't filter a video. Video has so much more content in it, right? Like, I mean, are they stripping out the the the, um, the geolocation from the video? That could be one flag, right? Whereas it would normally be embedded in the video, but if it's a criminal video, they're going to strip that out. Yeah, or maybe the criminals are already a step ahead, and they're injecting they're injecting random. I mean, there's always, that's always a problem in any type of crime. You always have people on the cutting edge that are ahead of the game. You know what I mean? It's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about control, and if you can take it, what is it's all that? About the, it's Triple H's theme. Oh, it is. From, yeah, I was like, <laughs> man, that's very, it's that's very familiar, but. I, I I really don't want to do the Lemmy voice. Yeah, um, no, I, not this early. Totally. Motorhead, I love Motorhead. Um, we're gonna switch gears here. 
Uh, Apple has made an announcement that they're moving away from Intel processors. God bless them. And well, it's, it's a rumor. It's what a, a rumor. Okay, it's what a, rumor. a convenient time. It's a rumor, but it's a fun rumor because we we can talk about it. Um, so, the iPhone, the iPad, um, the 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 Apple Watch, they all run an ARM based processor arm being the architecture um arm standing for the advanced risk microprocessor risk standing for the reduced instruction set uh computing so the idea is is that a phone with a smaller instruction set um a reduced instruction set running these arm processors a phone can do a lot with less overhead and ARM has been popular. It's what all the tablets that people are buying is running. It's what some of the Chromebooks that people are buying is running. But the problem that Apple faces is you can't actually run an iPhone app on a Mac. And you'd think, well, why the hell would somebody want to do that? Well, the reality is it's because the phone is actually just as popular as the desktop and the phone is growing in popularity. The desktop is declining in popularity. So what's happening is you have more and more useful apps on the iPhone than you do on the desktop. And and this is a pretty big problem. Let's say you, um, I'll use Flappy Bird as an example, even though nobody actually enjoys playing that terrible game, (laughs) but everybody knows what it is. You want to play Flappy Bird on the desktop, but you can only play it on your phone because the author of Flappy Bird never offered it for the desktop, right? Now, this problem is an interesting one because Google's already addressed it with the Chromebook. You can run Android apps and they run great on a Chromebook. Actually, they run so great on a Chromebook that Google actually decided, we aren't going to have a Chromebook store. We're just going to use the Play Store that all the Android phones use, and every app on the Chromebook is going to be an Android app. And it actually works. They scale properly, even though the you know a lot of the games are written for portrait mode, and you've got to flip them you know, um, so that they're in landscape mode. Uh, it actually works very well. It performs well. It can handle the code. Apple hasn't been able to jump into this. Microsoft's starting to do the same thing. Um, Microsoft's store uses something called the Unified uh, Windows Platform, UWP. And the Unified Windows Platform is pretty much saying, hey, you write an app with the, with the, with the Unified Platform, that app can run on, on Windows 10. It can run on the Xbox. And it can hypothetically run on any future uh uh, Windows devices and Windows 2 is trying to get into this ARM market. So it makes sense for Apple to say, yes, we're going to adopt ARM from a PC perspective. What makes even more sense is that they're manufacturing their own ARM chips. Okay. So they have tight control over the hardware. They don't need to go out to an AMD or an Intel. Well, they're making they're, their own chips. They're designing their own chips. They're paying somebody else to manufacture Who's them. Who's actually manufacturing them? I believe it's Taiwanese Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation. Okay. Um, and what is it? It's the A8 processor is what they're... The bion- yeah, the bionic chip or whatever. Well, because, you know, maybe to, to your extent, because as a person who has been, like, I've been fighting whether I'm going to make the plunge or not, like, just as a development box. 
So this gets into so the um, plunge to arm or the plunge to apple. The plunge to apple. Okay. Um. So there's a couple things going on, which is that like um. Apple is in this middle of this huge law- lawsuit, back and forth with Qualcomm. Qual. You know, so that basically, there's three primary providers in the phone space. Qualcomm. Um, I think Broadcom actually sold out because they used to be they used to be one, but now they're doing like embedded. You know, but there's Qualcomm because the, well, Qual- Qualcomm's big because they have a top to bottom stack, so you can get a processor, a radio, all the stuff that's necessary to make a phone. You have Samsung, and then as a distant third, you have Intel, and there's a couple a couple others. So, but most phone providers buy, you know, either you're a Samsung. And you, you, you eat your own dog food, as it were. Unless there's some weird thing that prevents them from designing a phone, like it can be a power envelope, and maybe you'll see the Qualcomm chip sneak in there. Because Qualcomm is Snapdragon. So Apple is in this big thing because they're, they've been fighting over the licensing terms. Because Qualcomm basically has a whole bunch of core patents to the idea of how cell phones work, period. So you have to license technology from them if you're going to build a phone. And... Uh, it, Apple was doing this thing where they were shipping phones that had both Qualcomm, you know, like depending, you know, like depending on when the line was manufactured, they had Intel radio modems and they had Qualcomm radio modems in the same phone. And Apple's assertion was that if it had an Intel modem in their phone, they didn't have to pay Qualcomm a per per unit fee as part of their licensing. And like they're going back and forth and trying to file injunctions and all this shit. And to Trace's point here, yeah, like it's it's weird because they've talked about how they were they were you know like there's been discussion about getting off of Intel as the primary chip or their desktop for a while. What Apple is supposed to be doing this year is that they're unifying you know to his point yeah they're unifying the App Store so basically right. an iPhone an iPhone app works exactly the same on an iPhone mm-hmm. or a Macintosh or an iPad. But it's it's a difficult it's it's. But if, if if somebody was going to do it, it's them because they have a they have a, they have a managed target set. Like right. here's here's the feature set that the devices support. They control their here's hardware the and their software, right? And actually, that's where that Bionic chip comes in because some, that ships with that. That's actually in Macintoshes right now. But there's some interesting problems, and the the main one is just architecture. So when you're writing an an, an app for a Mac, that app is compiled down to machine code that's designed to run on Intel. And that machine code that you're running, and Gunner's w- wiggling his hand because there is a little bit of, there is a little bit of, of platform calls that exist. So like talking to your graphics driver, you may be talking to a, an Apple, an, a standard Apple interface, but it's still machine code when it's done. It's using a compiler. It's the compiler that they're using where they get like C code written in C or C++ or if you're an Apple fanboy, it would be Objective-C, which is really just C and C++ but with their own spin on it. That code can only run. You compile, it can only run on Intel. You actually have to go back and recompile that code on a machine that's running ARM. And there is no machine running ARM, right? You can't get a Mac desktop running ARM. You could try your hardest to find a compiler for an iPad, 
But how many? when was the last time you saw somebody writing computer code on a tablet? It just doesn't happen. They do it on desktops. So what's interesting about this, this rumor, and this rumor has come and gone, what's interesting now is that the Intel executives are confirming that that this is going to happen. Now, it's still reading as a rumor on all of the articles that I've found. I don't know if you've found one that's well, reputable, Connor. It's, it's, it's still coming well, across there, very there, strong as a rumor. There, there's one other element, too, which is that Intel has consistently been unable to deliver the, you know, and again, this is, this is, this is a consistent problem with Apple's CPU suppliers. And it's one of the reasons why they went all, so the other, re, the other reason that they designed their own chips, besides feature set, most commercial ARM CPUs that are available in the phone market, even if they flag them as 64-bit, really only have a 32-bit execution engine on the core. Mm-hmm. And that's the diff- that's, that's one of the primary differences with Apple's ARM implementation is that it's an actual 64-bit CPU, so it can address right. more than 4 gigabytes of memory. Right, without, right. Without, without but, doing but like that's an arm. But that's an arm versus arm problem. Well, but 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 to you, that's but, not an Intel versus well, no, arm but, problem. But, but where that gets in is that if you're going to go to a, if you're going to move off of Intel as a workstation OS, you need more than four gigabytes of memory to do content work. Right. So you need to have a CPU. You need to have a CPU architecture that one you can program against, but two can support working memory pools big enough to actually manipulate the files that you so the mac fanboys out there they they know exactly what's coming if this if this happens to be true because they saw this happen previously and in, in, on one of our on, on an episode we had a, a a few weeks ago we talked about the power pc mm-hmm. and there was a period of time where apple was exclusive to IBM processors. And when they made the leap to Intel, it was largely perceived as a good thing because it well, standardized they're in, the, they're in the same problem. It was it's exact it, it's really it standardized the same it standardized the desktop um, architecture so that you had a greater chance of doing things with a Mac that you could do with a PC. One example is Mac has a piece of software that they call boot camp. Actually they've been this and, this is about the same amount of time the, the amount of time that they've been on Intel is about the same amount of time They're that they had PC. made from they they made the jump from the sixty eight hundred to the power the, the actual power PC right. Arc. So boot camp allows you to install an operating system like Windows on your Mac, and this is supported by Apple. This is an actual Apple product, and it allows you to kind of sideload Windows on your Mac. And they call it boot camp, which is a it's a good marketing term. But what boot camp allows you to do is when you reboot your Apple, you get you get presented with an option to either run the Mac operating system, Mac OS, or previously known as OS X, or you can boot into the Windows operating system. That boot camp product can only work if there's another operating system to install. But if they switch to ARM, there um, there is really no other operating system to install, and that's the interesting part. Well, you say that because um, Windows ten, Windows ten is they claim they support ARM. No, right? there, there there are there are actually you can actually buy laptops now. Have you tried it? I don't have money to buy a laptop. I mean, but, when, no, I, I mean, I've, they were on PowerPC. I've, I've, I've seen them. I've seen them. I've seen them running an actual like office application context. When they were on PowerPC, there really were, there really weren't too many options. 
Um, there were some Linux flavors which supported PowerPC, but they certainly didn't have this concept of boot camp. Well, everything's virtual machine. Everything's going to be virtual machine anyways at some point. Like, th- no one's going to trust you to run code directly on the fucking host hardware going forward. But, I mean, but we're the almost virtual there machines still allow virtualization of only that one architecture, right? You can't, I mean, you can run ARM in an emulation on top yeah, of Intel, but it sucks. So this is what I think is actually going to happen. I don't know if this is true or not, but do you remember when Broadcom announced that they were able to emulate the Intel instruction mm-hmm. set? Well, actually, the, the, so I, I don't know if you've, so, so um, the, the Snapdragon laptop that I, I was talking about, mm-hmm. that actually has that funk, they are, you know, at least the review that I saw, mm-hmm. and it's like tech, it's like that level one. I, I trust I trust the guy I trust the guy who runs the channel who is doing it because he's like fucking he 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 does Wendell Wendell does stuff um, but the one that I saw that like they 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 are actually doing x eighty six emulation as part of that right that that, that but from what I understand it's still limited to a thirty two bit mm-hmm. whereas most desktops now are sixty four and it's bit. why it's it's why it's also like if you get the if you get the two laptops so there's two laptops they're selling them as in uh, yeah I'm. I, I will stop after this. I promise. The two notebooks that they were selling—if you had the Qualcomm one, it stuck at four gigabytes of memory maximum, and if you got the x86 one, you could get it with eight gigs or higher. And they're like the throwaway—they're throwaway notebooks. Mm-hmm. But this goes back. This goes back to that discussion where um, where we were talking earlier is that one of the primary reasons that Apple started making their own chips was that they couldn't. Everybody who's supplying ARM, ARM commercially, um, with some very rare exceptions, like again, because besides my fucking nutso power PC workstation, I was looking at one from uh, England. So there's a company called Amper, mm-hmm. and they do um, they did like the low super low power uh, ARM server boards, like that were supposed to be the new hotness. But you can buy a 22 core workstation or ARM workstation for about the point price of whatever to do your development or you can have multiple sockets but yeah for the most part commercial arm is still stuck in 32-bit even if they have 64-bit extensions on it what about our cell phones that no that's the same deal and so what's interesting to me is people are gaming like people are playing fortnite and PUBG on their cell phones right this is perfectly normal right now it took a while to get there right the pc master race or whatever but People are using their cell phones instead of a desktop or a console because they already have a cell phone. And it's like, well, I want to play PUBG against my friends. I already have a cell phone. Sadly, I've I've not played it on my cell phone, but a lot of people say that the pub PUBG version on the cell phone works significantly better uh, than on the than than PUBG on Xbox One, the base Xbox One model. So what we're really embarking on that this is why I think this 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 rumor is exciting if apple decides that they want to unify their platform if apple decides that they want to bring arm as the next generation of desktop computing and if they want to bring their apps into the into the 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 mac ecosystem we already know that microsoft has put investment into being on arm instead of intel this may be the next wave 
in desktops. ARM may be the next wave in desktops, and this to me is very, very, very interesting. Number one, the desktop is no longer a PC, right? The desktop is is the the PC actually stops becoming an Intel compatible PC, which it has been for what 20, 30 years, where you can buy your own video card. Well, now all of a sudden, what does a desktop well, even look like? I mean, like? like you know, and we get into semantics. Um, I mean, even fucking Intel chips are not really uh, Intel chips are effectively the same thing you're talking about. They, they, they because of the weird licensing structure that exists. Intel's at their core are not actually x86 chips. They have a hardware emulation layer that they stapled over the top of it to handle. It's actually where this fucking Spectre and Meltdown and all this stuff is that Intel Intel has an ex, like a, a high-speed execution core, and then they have a whole bunch of hardware wrapped around the outside of it to do this translation to, from x86 so, to their internal execution logic. And But yeah, it, it, like but there this was... this is the next wave of DOS. Yes. It, that's the interesting part, right? There was a point in time... Universal where, computing. There was a time when all desktop computing was done on a command line. And if you wanted to run a program, it would be, you know, uh, missile command dot bat or, or, you know, snake game dot bat or whatever. Um, and DOS ruled the world. If you wanted to run a computer, you popped in a floppy disk and you would use DOS. Along came Windows and Windows ran on top of DOS, but DOS was, was largely a, like a 16-bit type of operating system. In came 32. 32 offered some really nice things, especially with graphics and memory. But we hit the limits of, of the graphics and the memory in 32, and in came 30, 64. But what happened was we always kept this backwards compatibility layer on the desktop. And you could go back to those 16-bit apps or those 32-bit apps. They might not run at the correct speed because of certain architectural assumptions inside the code. But for the most part, we've, we've, we've divorced from DOS. We don't really use DOS that much. And if there's people listening and they use software at work and they're like, well, it sounds like I use DOS at work. And you, they might. There are still some, some applications for it because there's some programs that people refuse to rewrite in new languages. But, the, but what I think is important is that if we divorce Intel as a desktop platform, this is going to be a new <coughs> wave of computing. This so, is I mean, all of your programs need to be rewritten. To a layman, then. You, what can't, kind of you can't run Photoshop anymore. Mm -hmm. Adobe has to go and remake a version of Photoshop that runs on ARM. The well, version that you own, you can't run. Well, but now that you have the creative cloud. Adobe's gotten ahead of this problem because Adobe is, is a subscription service now. Most people don't buy Photoshop off of the shelf. Instead, they pay a monthly or annual fee to continue using Photoshop. So what will happen is when they get their ARM Mac or ARM PC, they'll just go and download that version. But the, the industry hasn't switched yet, right? There's not one Windows application, productivity application. I'm talking Microsoft Office, although is Office available for? I, I, would, I would not expect it to be available um, well, for the, ARM the, the, their, their, their answer to that would be, why are you not using 365? Yeah, they want to just direct you to the cloud. But, um, but well, even but your even, video games, even, right? Even your video Windows games. is the Pixel. largest gaming platform. Not one of those games, except for ones that you downloaded from the Windows App Store, which, let's face it, is not a great store yet. Yes. None of those games will play. Fortnite will not play on Windows on ARM. Fortnite will not play on Mac on ARM. It just hasn't been written for that platform. Use, well, 
if they emulate the old Intel instructions, yeah, then it'll be a then it'll be a slow transition, and all of the apps will continue to run for a while, probably the next five or ten years, and we'll eventually move over to ARM. But if they do this, what's interesting to to, to me is that usually when Apple makes one of these choices, the other hardware manufacturers follow. This isn't. This isn't a small change. This is an architectural change, right? No old Mac apps, potentially no old Mac apps could ever run again on this new platform. They all have to be rebuilt. And if PC follows, if Linux follows, then you're going to see a full landscape change. It's it, this topic is important enough that Linus Torvalds, the the the, the founder the founder of Linux, actually made statements on it because he has to make certain choices writing Linux. Linux is what powers most of the websites of the world. Um, it's also um, it's also part of what runs uh, Android on on all of the Android phones. Um, but even stuff like um, like like your routers at home are running Linux, right? Linux is everywhere, and he he actually had to make some 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 tough decisions on how he writes if how he writes his how he optimizes linux for the platform and, and he made a statement he's like well the cloud is largely uh intel cloud and as long as the cloud uh, the, the the websites that you're going to the services that you're consuming as long as they're intel developers want to be on the same platform but what's interesting is what happens when that platform switches that's what i think is interesting and i the switch, the switch to ARM is going to, it's going to break a lot of backwards compatibility, and it's going to, um, all, the PC. If if PCs were to switch to ARM, I don't even know what the PC would look like. I have a feeling that the PC, as you, know, you think about a PC, with something you take the case off, take the power supply out, take the RAM out. When was when was the last time you saw a cell phone? You could take the you could take the no, RAM you out. No, can't. Of. Yeah, that's you kind can, of you can take the what out? The RAM out of. Well, I mean, it, it, defi- without doing defi- crack Santa shit. Oh, God, he's gonna get a milling machine. So actually, well, no, and and, and again, it, it's so part of part of the problem too is that um, Intel has basically face planted. Um, due to architect, so so where where this gets in is that like, it, it, you know, we're gonna have to do it because um, they're gonna or they're gonna have to do it. Because there's 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 a couple of there's a few things that are working against computing at this point, which is that the, the cloud is primarily Intel's. The problem with that is that Intel has committed itself to an architecture that effectively prevents it from scaling past a certain point. You know, like they're trying to retroactively go back and fix things. Um, I don't know if you're you haven't you haven't tried to buy a new one. There's shortages of parts for OEMs. Because I haven't tried to buy a new what? A laptop. Like a brand new laptop? Yeah, like like recently, recently, right? You know, because there there there's issues. Like AMD is finally coming back, but part of the reason that AMD is coming back is that Intel just cannot supply enough parts, even with the depressed CPU, you know, even with the depressed personal computer market, because they um, are having such issues with their yields with the new, with the new chips. Mm-hmm. That they've primarily they prioritize the data center to everything else. So you have OEMs that can't ship the volumes of computers that they normally would on a desktop and 
you know, a desktop and laptop basis. And I mean, like, it's not, it's not, it's not that it's impossible to get them. It's just that they can't meet a price. You know, like the, the transaction price is so fucked up that they can't meet the margin, you know, the, the margin percentages that they would like if they're selling these things new. Now, how would that um, compare to an arm market? Well, an arm market is that an arm market, the chips are very small. Mm-hmm. So the yield per wafer Mm-hmm. For an ARM chip of equivalent, you know, what you would pitch in that application, the ARM chip yields are better. And it's also why it was a big deal when AMD went to this whole chiplet design versus the single one is that they can, you know, it's, it's if I can, if I can make, if there is a, let's say there's like a 30% reject rate on a wafer, which is fucking catastrophic, but if it's, Thirty percent is over the entire surface area of the wafer. So basically, you have like a like a, a a pizza plate sized, a pizza pan sized disc that you're 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 doing your your chip process on, you know. And there's there's waste on the edges and stuff like that because you can't make a full chip. But thirty percent of the surface area of that is garbage. Now, if it's a really big chip, that means that you can fit like a hundred. Intel processors, you know, like Pentium, you know, i7, something like that, a Xeon. You can fit like a hundred of these in this, in this, in this wafer, or you can fit 250 of the equivalent core components of an AMD one. And if 30% of the wastage, you know, if but that's AMD, what about ARM? ARM's the same thing because ARM, ARM, ARM CPUs, ARM cores are effectively the same feature size as these chiplets because they don't have the they don't have the same um like in amd's thing is that what what they're doing is they're they're okay there's complex control electronics that are part of the package on an intel design and it used to be the same way for amd but amd went kind of to the arm approach where we simplified the we simplified this as much as possible so a lot of the control electronics are outside of the core well that's interesting but if that's the case then intel stays alive and it lives on it on through arm right the intel architecture lives on through well, arm yes. what we're kind of talking about right now is life without the intel architecture well but this right is, that it goes the way of the power pc it goes the way of the dinosaur in that that computing well, and, desktop computing intel wanted it that way mimics do you remember cell phone and tablet computing and 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 that's just what a new desktop looks like (laughs) that you remember i mean like you remember netburst Pentium 4 all that stuff intel was desperately trying to get rid of x86 that was why they came out with the itanium and it was netburst was effectively a way that they could subsidize the 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 is it ia64 Yes. Yeah. It, you know, it, it was but, a way of... But, it, of- but, but what happened, though, right? IA64, Intel trying to go to a new 64-bit architecture, mm-hmm. was not backwards compatible well, it could with run, it x86. Could, it, it could run 30, x32. You, you had programs that you, you had... You had a way of running... 32-bit It was a completely different operating system, though. And and you had to load a special Intel Architecture 64 version of Windows, a special Mm -hmm. IA64 version of Linux. It didn't catch on. And the reason that it didn't is because AMD said, hey, we can offer full backwards compatibility. You can still run your 32-bit operating systems. We're going to call it AMD 64 and AMD 64.1. AMD beat Intel at their own fucking 64-bit market, right? I, I, I see what you're saying. They they tried making the step, but what I'm saying is the industry hasn't changed. 
the industry is the same as it was then. We're still stuck on sixty. We're still stuck on Intel architecture well, the on industri- the desktop and on the server. not going to change until a major player like an Apple or someone like like that, like a Microsoft, makes a drastic change. Right. Makes decides that their business model is going to change. They're going to change directions, and then everyone's going to follow suit. That's basics in business, right? Like. Someone has to do it first. But what's interesting, Wade, is that if this happens, now it's still a rumor, if this happens, now's the time to invest into those ARM processor manufacturers. Because once, once this starts, those process, there's a new processor war. It's the ARM desktop and server processor war. And one of them is going to win the market share. Right. You know, now's the time to start investing into them. Now's it will change the industry as we know it forever. People are going to be talking about how they have an old PC game and it only runs on Intel. Kind of like a kind of like a retro game, game yeah. Right? like yeah. yeah. And right, well, right now no, we take I mean, advantage like you, of you, it. You you say that um, the. It's funny, like the one of the best platforms to play classic DOS games is a Wii or is a Wii U because mm-hmm. it's older technology essentially. No, there's no because again, like the so you know, like we say retro gaming. Retro gaming has a lot of connotations to it, you know, but it, it it's why is a Wii U good to play those games? Oh, it's just because the, the, it, it, it's it's you know it, it's just fast enough to run that to do your translation layer to do all the fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but but I'm talking about I'm talking about playing uh, Portal. Well, like but, oh my gosh, I, I wish I had an Intel computer. But there's a Portal. So there's I a por- there's, portal. There, there, there's there is a, a like a, a a phone port of Portal. No. I'm pretty no, there's not. sure. Steam never released Portal for ARM. If they did, I'll give you $5. <laughs> what I'm interested in talking about and speculating about is like trying your best. What is the future now? Like what does what does it, is this our is this content so we have talked on this show about we already have computers in our pockets. Right. Is this the potential leap to I think it is. The desktop is kind of no more. I think the tablet wins. I, I, I believe that this step will make the iPad Pro the next computer. And I don't mean Apple is going to take over the PC industry. No, no, no. I mean from an architectural perspective. Yes, yeah, strictly from like a hardware what, what you interact with, what the consumer interacts with. Right. The normally. iMac, the iMac will just be a huge iPad that clicks into a stand. Because because the the hardware is already small enough to be running there, and why do you need this thick case, right? What happens is the tablet wins, and everything else. The keyboard is just a peripheral on a tablet. It's everything is a screen, and we're starting to see it, right? I mean, you see like the like the Google Homes that have the built-in screen. Like the tablet is is winning, the phone is winning, but the desktop has had a really stronghold on this concept that you have a big box with fans and video cards and upgradable memory and replaceable drives. Once we go to this ARM architecture, all of those assumptions are gone. And it's I, I kinda can't wait because I feel that the PC the PC master race uh, gamers out there, I feel like they've been on life support for a while. Like they have these 
giant machines to game, whereas the guy in the in the room next to them is doing that on their cell phone do or you, they're doing it on their console. Do you, do you know what the dumbest part about this is? Is that effectively we are both wrong? What? They did port it to Android, but it only works on the NVIDIA Shield Portable, the Shield Tablet, or the Shield Android TV. Okay. So why are we both wrong? Because they did port it to Android and a ARM ARM chip, and it is running natively. It's not an emulation layer, but it's on something that no one cares about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's what the uh, that's what the uh, Switch is based off of, right? Mm-hmm. The Nvidia Shield. So, so yeah, maybe maybe it'll make it to the Switch first. The Switch is an ARM based platform, correct? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a Tegra. It's it, I, I I have I have its older, crappier brother sitting on the shelf right now. I, I think that's another good example is the Switch and. Uh, I, I love the console because it's so portable, but the Switch finally got the gaming console and made it a handheld, but it's also playable on the big screen. That whole idea of docking a phone, docking a tablet to your TV is something we still haven't adopted yet. Do you think, um, because I, I always, when I think of the PC Master Race and the, the gamers specifically, uh, it's always kind of the next graphics card the Mm -hmm. next like upgrading the hardware upgrading the hardware do you think that there would be a feature so let's say you have your tablet and this is what this is let's 20 years down the road no more there's no more desktop pcs maybe there Mm -hmm. are some in the corners of 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 certain places Mm -hmm. but for the most part everyone is adopted yeah this is my tablet i take this kind of along with me it's like in a backpack when i got to do any like you know heavier computing something i can't do on my phone but the phone's linked to it right all my information's kind of just jumping 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 do you think that there's, okay, the docks are different, though, and they yeah. accentuate the power and the, yeah, and, so, and the magnitude? So we're starting to see that now. If you go and buy a Microsoft Surface, um, all Microsoft products use the same dock now. The dock, when you used to buy a laptop, the dock used to be this thing that clipped into the bottom of the laptop. And people that, that, that would bring a laptop um, from home to work and back, they had a special dock created just for this. However, if you look at the Switch, as well as uh, uh, an Apple device, as well as these new Microsoft devices, you don't need any of that anymore. All you need is one USB-C plug. USB-C is the it is is really the current standard, which all devices should be using today. But from a consumer perspective, it's the future. And I say it's the future because you still can't buy an Apple charger with USB-C on the the end that goes into the wall. You still have the old boxy USB plug, even though the the iPad Pro uses USB-C for charging, even though the MacBook Pro only offers USB-C ports. Um, from a consumer perspective, it's taking a while for USB-C to be adopted. But USB-C allows something that's pretty cool, and it allows you to be able to run one or multiple graphics adapters, but it gets even crazier than that. USB-C is fast enough that it allows you to run an external graphics card. Now, this is something really the Mac community is used to doing. The Mac community would go and they'd buy something called an eGPU, an external GPU. Now, if you do a Google search for eGPU, you will laugh at the images because what you have is you have an AMD or NVIDIA external graphics card that's actually three times larger than the Mac it's plugged into. It looks stupid. But, and Gunner probably knows the form factor of these eGPUs a little bit better. I believe it's just one of those cards you put into a desktop, just clicked yeah. into a case. No, it's got it, its own it, power supply. It's, you right? It doesn't use no, the it, USB-C it, power, it, it, right? EGP, so, so um, again, it's either Thunderbolt 3 
or some weird uh, fucking cob job adapter. But yeah, so it's a, it's a PCI Express 16X card. You have to have enough dock. You have, the dock has to be big enough to fit the full one. Although you can make smaller ones. Like, but you can the, the, but you can buy them prefab, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you well, just buy an external GPU. You got a Mac Mini, right? The Mac Mini is about the size of a person of a personal mm-hmm. pan pizza from Pizza Hut. The external GPU is like you stacked. Yeah. Well, the cards are big. I mean, five like, of you, those you pan have, pizzas on top. You have to of have each a, other. you have to have enough clearance to allow air to flow around it because the 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 other the other thing is is that no one makes a graphics card optimized for eGPU use, i.e. like how the air right. airflow, because, you know, and as a person who is fucking undertaking this particular en- engineering exercise, you could get a single card depth, you know, like a, a one, mm-hmm. and it would just, it would be like the, it would be the size of a really long external hard drive. So, yes. So, so I'm looking at this eGPU right now. This is yeah. just one. This is but part, uh, part of part of it is also Gigabyte like well, one. but it's like part of it is that yeah, it's kind of designed to be this obnoxiously. Fl- it's a status. It's a status symbol thing too. It's a status so, symbol right now. To, to the layman though, to your your average Joe, what this essentially means, and let me know if I'm wrong. You plug your tablet into this dock, and you're essentially you're unloading the graphics. Um, yeah. You're letting the graphics. You're letting another another yes. system essentially handle well, your graphics, you're, you're, so you can upgrade the graphics. You're unloading a more. system that consumes more power than your main system. Right. Well, and that's what's hilarious. So, so it, we we got to characterize this structure because it's it's not a separate system because you still need the host. What it is is that you've ex, with the advent of Thunderbolt three. Yeah. You've exposed what normally would be a card like a card slot, to, so an expansion slot style bus over this cable right so that anything that needs to consume data from that bus as long as you have the series of proper connectors in line and you have something to control the noise it doesn't matter whether it's physically attached to the motherboard via the card or via the cable that's going you to ins- you inserted your tablet into a gundam e- e- well e- because the thing is is that you should it's not like I have a separate computer that I'm just putting. No, you know, I understand. Okay, okay, it yeah. is just so, a separate thing to do to enhance the graphics. Yes. It's like the 32X, uh, and it, it, from a consumer perspective, it's like the 32X being clicked into a Sega Genesis. You have a plug-in uh, uh, accelerator, and that's what's cool. And when you said, that's "Wait," that's a really good like anal- analogy. I wish I had used that. Well, but your analogy was actually <laughs> better. You said these features would eventually make it into the docs, <clears throat> and that's what is one hundred percent correct. If you, there's no reason why the Nintendo Switch can't be upgraded. Well, that's how to, the Surface can Book I finish? Work. Sorry, there's no reason why the Nintendo Switch can't be upgraded to 4K by clicking it into an external GPU. You, heard, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the next Switch dock could actually have an external GPU built into the dock itself, and the consumer doesn't even know the difference. Now all of a sudden you buy a $200 dock upgrade. It looks just like the dock that you have. Because if you, if you have a Nintendo Switch at home, the dock is just empty plastic. Sure. There's nothing in it. It's just it's just a USB C hub that offers you more ports. There's really no there's really no uh, hardware inside there. But you put a little tiny fan in there. You put an external GPU in there. All of a sudden, you can upgrade the capabilities of your device. And now you're playing your shit in 4K. Nate. And you're playing your shit in 4K without buying a new Switch. But that's just the Switch. Every single device can do this. And when you when you move away from plug and play hardware. 
where um, but plug and play being an old term, maybe plug and play well, is the bad wrong. one now. It's, right? Yeah, it's probably a wrong term. When you move away from standardized desktop hardware, where you can power the machine off, take the side of the case off, and click in new hardware, when you take that away, you need something to replace it. If the architecture moves away from Intel, that's the opportunity for us to start embracing stuff like external GPUs. They look silly now, and people laugh when they see them now, but they're going to get smaller. They're going to start being built into the docking stations that people are already using to plug in their keyboards and to plug in their other peripherals and their monitors or their TVs. And then the do I believe what you said is going to be 100% correct. The dock will have the video acceleration capabilities in it. They're, they're expensive right now. Those Microsoft docks are $200. I'm trademarking a phrase. No more plug and play. Now we're moving to dock and rock. <laughs> I think it could work. It's called docking. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully it's not like yeah, not not the not the not the sexual act. Sno snoodling. Well, here's a snoodling, here is a question that I that I think Gunner would have a little more insight on. So if we move to this, if if we if we move to ARM, because honestly at this point I, I think it's kind of exciting. I think it could be cool. What is what is this? Does this break Intel's back? Are they? Does how does this how does this affect the like the chip manufacturer manufacturers? Like the primary piece, like how does this affect Intel? Do they, are they done? Are They'll they eventually go out of business, I believe. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, it depends. You it, said that because you you had mentioned before we when we were just kind of spitballing on topics. You were talking about how Intel um, has their graphic, their integrated graphics chips are now faster than AMD's. They're providing. It. Could they go to the dock well, essentially? Could so, they catch up? So again, it, this gets into this gets into, So maybe. The, the 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 thing I was trying to say when Trace told me to shut the fuck up, um, <laughs> the Surface Book does this right now. Like the key, the the actual the actual like fast GPU is in the keyboard. Really. So when you take when you take yes, and you can actually swap them out for different models. So there's a 1050 Ti sitting. Well, in that you say it's in the keyboard, but it's actually in the bottom half of the computer. Well, it's well because the thing is that the key, the keyboard is an optional piece of it, and you can actually replace that. Yes, but the, well, the, key, the no, keyboard, not the Surface Book. It comes with the keyboard. It's not. Well, no, but you can buy different keyboard. You, no, I'm saying that you can actually swap. So there is a not there's a GPU and non GPU version of that keyboard, and the keyboard is kind of effectively their expansion dock. But yes, if you the connector that you're using to connect it on the Surface Book itself. If Microsoft was so inclined to your dock thing, but yes, because the you have two modes where you're using so they're it as already a tablet. doing it. They're yes. already doing it, but they aren't doing it from a USB C perspective, right? They have their own proprietary. Plug. Well, actually, so it's 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 USB. -C, it's Thunderbolt over their proprietary, you know, their their connector. So, it, right. but it's the same. Bus. But it's there, right? The tech is there. Um, That's but, an interesting concept. Your GPU is sitting in your keyboard. You can make the tablets thinner, and then when you actually need the power, you probably have a keyboard. My only problem anyway. with this is like. I fucking hate new keyboards. They're terrible. I yeah. like the old one with like the the clicks and the. You're gonna mm. like this. You're gonna like the Cyberdeck then. <coughs> yeah, I, I need that. Like, I don't know what the, somebody needs to get on that. Shit so you got to plug a keyboard into your keyboard. Yeah, it's like kind of what you'd have to do, right? Yeah. Which is ridiculous, but that's mm -hmm. what I would have to do. Yeah, but the thing is, though, Wade, if you're gaming, you might actually you might actually have the whole thing docked into something else anyway that's true so um, this your keyboard is docking. your keyboard's going to be We're docking and rocking <laughs> your keyboard's going to be is <laughs> your keyboard's going to be uh bluetooth or wireless right i mean why would you have a wired keyboard well yeah that's actually a really good point yeah right. so it's going to be wireless um so you don't really have to worry about that being physically plugged in um you're not going to be using the trackpad anyway not on the laptop 
you're going to have no. your own standalone you, you, mouse. Yeah, you absolutely have to have your own standalone mouse. Gunner's got. I don't like that keyboard, Gunner. Did Sorry. somebody? What What do you got there? So this is this is this is my this is my random weekend project. I need to do this is a this is a cyber deck. So this is someone who's actually built their own effective laptop from scratch mm-hmm. that has a VR slash helmet screen built integrated into it. That's also tied into a drone because you know you have to. Um, now, what will be interesting is that if Intel ends up shifting their their the their target market, if Intel moves into the video, if they can prove to have small, fast, integrated graphics, then they may be the ones that start to compete with AMD uh, and NVIDIA for uh, for the this this external GPU market. Now, the consumer wouldn't think of it as an external GPU. It would be like it would be like a plug-in upgrade. It would be like the 32X on the Sega Genesis. And you all you wouldn't know any different. You would just clip your device wow. into an accelerator and then you would have your graphics capabilities. But the other thing that this is that this is eventually going to turn into and I'm really excited about this is the cell phone will eventually merge with the desktop. And this is something That's that, kind of what I was kind of hinting at. Like is this, this kind is, of well, is this the first steps of it? It's the first steps because once they're on the same hardware, the apps are going to work. And the the cell phone hasn't really adopted a keyboard and mouse yet. No. And, and, and likewise, the desktop hasn't really adopted the touch interface. And there's been some attempts. Um, Ubuntu Linux tried it. Uh, GNOME, GNOME, which is like a Linux desktop, has tried to make changes to be more touch-friendly. And Apple actually has quite a few user interface um, guidelines that are... Are, that are 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 the same between their Mac desktop and their uh, and their cell phones. For example, there's a, a mission control that you can get to on a Mac desktop, and it actually looks just like an iPhone. Um, I'm trying to find it right now. They're right there. So I just did the. I think it's a four or five finger pinch, and it actually brings up the icons on a Mac just like you'd see them um, on, on a cell phone. So th- there's, there's some there's some of the user interface guidelines that are already merging between the desktops, but nobody's had the balls to actually do this. Well, I shouldn't say nobody's had the balls. Ubuntu did do the switch and it was, it was a, a failure. It <laughs> yeah. was, it was a mistake. It they was, made the it was desktop a shit design. Well, maybe it was a shit design, but what they did is they tried making the desktop friendly. Gunner's holding up more pictures. Um, <laughs> they tried making the desktop visual joke on the radio touch friendly, but in doing so they made it worse. For Would you say just because it wasn't ready? There's, 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 so the, the fundamental issue with any of that shit is that intrinsically a command, a command line interface works very shittily in a GUI oriented environment and a GUI oriented environment works very shittily in a touch. So would you say then there's, there's an op, there's an opportunity then for a developer to develop code that would essentially translate it properly. Absolutely. That's my my money. We don't know how to do it though. And there's been a lot of minds that have tried. We don't know how to get a mouse and keyboard interface to also be good for a touch interface. And I mean, if you think about sitting down to a computer, the first thing that you do is you touch the mouse. Sure. If, If you sit down to the computer and the first thing you do is touch the screen, it becomes a very difficult experience. Microsoft is trying to do this with the Surface, and it's the Surface is selling well because it's beautiful hardware, but it's not selling solely because it has a touch interface. And people are like, oh, well, you can turn on tablet mode. Fuck anybody that says that. 
Anybody that actually uses a Surface in tablet mode, I want you to reply how you actually get anything productive done because I, I've tried. I have a Surface. It's my day job computer. Tablet mode on the Surface is actually worse, in my opinion, than desktop mode because it makes Windows feel uncomfortable and the actions, it doesn't really have usable touch actions in the desktop. The start bar itself is an icon in the bottom left corner of the screen to get to your apps. You have to use a hotspot essentially to get to your apps. It's it's not intuitive. The desktop was engineered around a mouse and keyboard. Tablet mode on Windows 10 is still shit. It is still garbage when you compare it to iOS or Android. Nobody's really figured this out yet. Now, Android has had mouse and keyboard support for years. And this is something that people don't know. You actually can get a mouse to, to move around on Android. You've been able to do it for a long time, but there's not a whole lot of uses for it. You know, unless you're drawing, I guess, maybe, which you could still just draw with your finger or a stylus. There's not a whole lot of reasons to have this mouse cursor. Once the desktop adopts ARM, it's inevitable that the operating systems will converge, at least under the covers. I don't know if, if the if the the interfaces will, will converge because I don't know if there is a an interface that touch and mouse can coexist. I haven't seen. And I don't, I don't think yet. there is because I don't think there is currently an interface where touch and typing can kind of coexist. Like if you, you the reason that you need the keyboard is because a there's some haptic feedback to it. Uh, there's more haptic feedback to it, but you can well there's typing more, on a. It's not there. There's well, more I mean, input symbols. There's more input symbols. Yeah. It, 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 so what it does increases productivity. You can't. You you can't on a touch screen. You can't easily capitalize a letter with one hand. No, yeah. You know what I mean. Right. You want to do you want to do capital S on a, on a on a touch screen. You have to tap the capital button, the, the the shift button, and then hit S. You can't hold shift and hit S with. You can't do that without staring directly at the screen, yeah. and. The same screen that you're typing into is the screen that you're using for feedback of whether or not you typed it properly. The keyboard allows that those input symbols from muscle memory without having to stare at the screen, without having to try to find out where you're touching. There, it, now, maybe, maybe what we're going to find is we're going to find the screen ends up giving you that haptic feedback that you like out of the keyboard. Sure. And there's been some prototypes of that. I think Gunnar shared some videos for years. I mean, like, like I think 10 years ago, he was sharing videos where the screen could raise and you could feel the keyboard through the screen. These, the technology is technically possible, but it, it, it increases the cost to manufacture it a lot when you could just go buy a keyboard. And I think well, like because the, the other, I'm uh, sorry. No, no, the, you the, first. The, 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 you've been the, waiting to say some things. So. so there's a few things that are coming down the pipe, which is that, um, you know, ironically, the same thing that makes ARM kind of feasible as a desktop is that they're able to push more and more intelligence out to lower and lower power devices. And you see some of this stuff right now where, like, I don't know if you, like, so Apple will autocorrect your case. And, like, and the, the, the text input is very limited. But oh, the thing. Oh, yeah. The, the, but, but, like, in your tag, like, the stuff that, yeah, like, your, your upper lower. 
Don't try hitting space more than twice. Well, Andrew's got some issues, too, where they're fucking correcting my commas to periods, and I know for a fact it should not be a fucking period. Well, it's a comma. But, you know, and again, this gets, this kind of, this kind of like, wraps around back to everything we've talked about, which is that, you know, the, the, the surveillance state and everything like that. So part of this is that right now these behaviors are general device-level behaviors. But... What you can start doing is that with the advent of all these low-power ASICs and machine learning stuff is that you can push more of this intelligence out to the edge, mm-hmm. as it were. Because right now, all this stuff is dependent on hitting a, hitting a fucking cloud server somewhere out in California or somewhere in the north, you know, the, the northeast mm-hmm. and doing a request back to it. And if you can push more and more of this power to the edge, ca- the, the edge devices... You can have these things where it's, you know, it's not quite the Star Trek L-Cars fucking dynamic interface. But if it can, if the, if the device itself can become accustomed to you using it over time or an identity. So, you know, like you're signing on as Google, you know, you're signing on as Wade Mariano or Mariano, Mariano. It's okay. Yeah. Marinaro. 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 Inside joke. Wade Mariachi. Mariachi. El mariachi. Um, well, yes, and you know you can get, you know it's it's her, you know it's it's this it's this idea where effectively you have a profile that's associated with you that has a it, basically it's a build of your habits, so it picks up on your unique quirks and it does this contextual thing, so it knows it, you know like it, it improves the, the 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 way that it can predict your behavior. You're out of your fucking mind. What do you mean? <laughs> Keep going. Why am I out of my fucking mind? I, how is that going to replace the keyboard? No, no, no. So, so what, 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 what I, no, no. Where, where this is going is that part of the problem with these, with these alternative interfaces is that it's, you have a consistent, you have a consistent relationship with a keyboard, i.e., you know, a fucking key is a key is a key, you know? I mean, like, it may feel like fucking absolute dog shit to press it, but it's, you are only able to interact with the keyboard in a certain specific way. And all of these alternatives, like the fucking lack of haptic feedback, you know, like you have a screen keyboard, but you don't have the haptic feedback or something like that. If, if, you, have a, if you have an alternative interface, the part of the problem is, is that, the sp- you know, we've, we've kind of opted. It's the same reason why I get, like, kind of kvetchy when people are like, we got to get rid of the green screen because the green screen's an archaic, you know, the command line's an archaic interface. It's actually probably the single fact, you know, again, it, it, we, we're already making that transition to How does the cloud fix the keyboard? The cloud fixes the keyboard because the keyboard, the keyboard, the keyboard was a way of structuring, like, structuring the relationship with the computer in a predictive way. Because for most of computing's history, it's a fucking teletype going into it. And the thing is, is that it is, it is a way of ensuring that a dumb device behaves consistently when you interact with it and but to not do that how, how do you get my company name is qz mm-hmm. i have been trying to google my my own name through voice for years since i formed my company and it still can't figure it out you you say you're okay whatever i don't want to say it because <laughs> it's going to set my phone off again and, okay qz okay yep, google yep it, it doesn't listen to your voice okay google i got it trained okay google it doesn't know. No, you can't. Hey. You can't mimic my hey. voice. You can't mimic my voice. But you say, you know, search for QZ tray or QZ. It still okay. cannot get the letter Q and the letter Z. It cannot get those proper. 
It does not know. I it knows that I am the owner of that website because Google business, I had to register my, my business with Google so that the search engine results show show the, the, the correct results if, they, if people want to find out information about the business. To this day, it still can't get the letter Q and the letter Z next to each other when I, when I do a voice search. I've been using voice commands on a computer since, since I was 10 years old, right? Well over 20 years. And it still sucks. So I, I guess, Gunnar, I'm trying to, I'm having a hard time envisioning this world where all of a sudden that works. What I think is going to happen is, just like people adapted to the keyboard, people are going to adapt to shitty voice commands. Oh, they already do. I mean, like, you know, the like, letter or, Q, the, the, the tablet, space, the tablet, the UI. letter Z. You know, like I, I hear, I hear like, you know, and this is a separate topic. And I have these, I've had these discussions with my father and some other people. But I think there's a very real possibility that the generation that's coming up with tablets is going to fundamentally think of the the world in a different way because I think that written text does something. Basically, being exposed to the concept of learning to read during the brain plasticity phase, right? Reading and writing does, is part of our evolutionary does, does things to the brain, that, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, it's why it's so difficult to do it when you're older. But but to that point, I mean, I don't write things on paper as much anymore, right? Oh, so no, we've but, already yes. changed. We've well, already we, changed. We, we, they're we just habits. They're but. just the next generation of moving away from pen and paper. But but the thing is, is that if you actually try making a resume. Without a keyboard. Oh no! It's, it's, I it's, challenge it's, any person <laughs> to do it. Well, no, but so 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 any but, person. But but try so just it, typing in. So here's the bullet. When you worked and where you worked. Well, try doing a couple of underlines and bolds. I or, guess or the, no, but the, but the, the, the question. Try doing any of those without a keyboard. Good a keyboard and mouse. Good luck. No, so you can't do it. We're, we're, I don't we're, see a future yet when you can. No, for you to say that 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 these devices, they're lower powered <laughs> devices, and they can off they can offload some of this computation to the cloud. Yeah, they certainly can, but it's broken now it's going to be broken 10 years from now i don't know that it's actually going to be fixed you're unless talking, you're saying the res, the resume is going away no i i'm in that I, case you're probably right yeah, but i'm i'm saying that these are artifacts the artifacts the things that are holding it up are artifacts of a world when these when when these interactions didn't exist because the thing is is that i'm not saying that it's like interacting with a person but we're going we're we're kind of going into a different we're we're going into a different phase of communication because all of our communication was still based around the concept of i have a just block of text right and that goes away with the ubiquity of con- per- persistent networks and you know, again, this sounds uh, but very I haven't fucking, seen it go away yet. No, but, but we're trapped. We're Text su- is still. It's like it's like how we still have to use fax machines for certain legal for certain legal purposes. Well, in a fucking world of there was infrastructure issues that caused that. But 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 what we're talking about, what you're really talking about, Gunner, is moving away from written anything. Well, there's also is it that's what <clears> you're <throat> saying, Gunner? You're yes. saying move away from written anything. Well, I, I, I and I think it's I think which it's really coming. is Gunner moving away from words. Well, then because 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 the writing the writing is is a form of speech mm-hmm. that's just representative on paper. How do you ever move away from that? How do you move away from words? How do you make? I mean, are we going to talk in emojis? Because that's really what you're saying. Well, that that, that might come too. 
But but, but, but do you see how far-fetched that is uh, compared to just t- put, plugging a keyboard into a fucking phone? Do you, Doesn't no, plugging no, the no, keyboard no, into no. the phone seem like something that's going to last for 50 years? Um, Whereas what you're describing is to is like this long-term, like 2,000-year evolution <laughs> of the human species? I don't know. I guess if you if you... I don't think you're getting rid of words per se, but maybe the interface could get better so that maybe those some peripherals will come along where, you know, there's like a retinal scanner and it kind of tracks your eye movement and it's like you kind of hit the shift and then you start talking like, or, okay, it's not recognizing what I'm saying here. I look over to a cursor on my hollow fucking lens or whatever whatever is going to be well, the, the future there if that if it goes that way and i hope it does because it's kind of cool and i just kind of look it up and it's like no space q or shift but, q space but that's but you're just the keyboard still though that's not describing what connor's saying Tech, i'm what saying you're saying wait is more along the lines of what we're dealing with today right yes where correct. you have to interact with these legacy input devices yes but they don't feel natural because you're using a touch interface whether you're touching it with your eyes not physically, but you're actually selecting it with your eyes. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe it, it'll be able to read your thoughts, but then you're talking in emojis, right? Because once the work, because what Gunner's kind of saying is, Gunner's kind of saying that the only reason the keyboard exists is because previous to the computer, that was how we represented thought. But if you take words out of thought, then you actually take words out of language. And if you get rid of the words, we need another medium for communication. I, I mean, I'm, 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 how do yeah. you communicate? Well, if no, I, this, this, do you this. communicate with, with shapes, with emojis? Because what you've really done is you've just created a brand new language. Yes. Well, and now the language we're, 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 is even harder to write because just like some of these more complex character-based languages, instead of having 26 letters that can make up a word, now you have 26,000 emojis. And I'm seeing it right now. Try finding the right emoji oh, you, telegram you stickers are Telegram stickers are a fucking bitch. No, yeah. well, no because effective, effectively we are seeing the fucking fish come up out of the water and die on shore the first 60 times of techno-telepathy. Because, you know, you're talking about... You, so, so you're saying we're going to move away from words. I think we're 2,000 years out for that. You're... I don't think the cell phone is going to be what changes that. I don't think the ad- adaptation of ARM is, and people having trouble with the touch interface is what's going to. Uh, I, I think I think we are at the same. I think we are at the same point for that particular fucking weird. You know, and again, it's it's a generational change because you're going to need at least two or three, and whether you know, like whether whether we are at a point where our brains are flexible enough to even fucking like encompass this universe, is, I think we'd be okay with it. So, but, but yeah, so but, but but what you're saying though is I'm sending you electrical impulses about my thoughts and no no longer words. That's well, really what you're saying you're, though, right? You have you have yeah you have so you have maybe an exo, emoji. You have an exo you have an exocortex effectively communicating your intent. But the problem with that gunner is that it, aren't you really just reinventing the emoji? I mean, don't you have to know what that thought means in order to to know what that thought means. How would I know your impulses mean anything if I've never experienced you know, those similar guy, impulses, for guy, right? For a guy who's talking about starting a business about non-conventional interface devices, you sure seem like cooking. Okay, case in point, right? Case in point, let's say you're shrugging your shoulders, right? You're shrugging your shoulders and you want to send that to me. If I've never felt or seen that gesture before, how do I know when you send me this shoulder shrug, the neurological impulse to shrug shoulders and you send that to me over the wire, how do I know what you feel? 
I mean, are you saying that 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 that's just part of communication? And we learned that as part of evolution. And you don't talk to your baby; you just feel your baby's shoulder shrugs. Actually, well, so one, um, you know, banana I am, I am, just shows up in your brain. And I'm you going to be entirely honest. Eat. I am so fucking pumped about having this conversation. <laughs> it would probably be another three hours because, <laughs> it, it, and I, that that. I, I, am I don't so, think I am, the ARM laptop is going to bring us I am, there. I am, I am, I am, I am <laughs> I so. I am so. I am so. The Apple switch into ARM is going to bring us there. No, no. no well, it's, it's more. It's not. It's not the thing. It is not the thing that does it. But the prevalence of pervasively networked low power computing device, not this Internet of Thing bullshit, where it's like my fucking refrigerator is telling you know my but, my but fucking thermostat is listening to me. We don't even have one implantable electronic device to be able to parse our thoughts I not can't, even one. i can't i can't admit to be working on that shit it's but fucking, we don't it's, it's even illegal. have one there's That's not illegal. even one there's not even a wristband i can't do you, you think you, so guy, you, they disappeared that guy who did all the fucking gen joking on the babies maybe, i can't talk about doing brain implants i think what would probably happen or what could happen in the next you know in the in the near future is we still have the similar peripherals we have right now but we connect, we correct the language. So obviously, it's fucked up. Your 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 voice can't get Q Z to actually sit up there. But maybe if you, everybody had their own software that recognized their voice commands, and when it got something wrong, you could go in with the keyboard and correct it and say, "No, this is actually what I was saying. This is what I need you to recognize," and it kind of learns with you. But we've had thirty years. Yeah. When, are, when are they going to fix this problem? Well, when when the industry thinks that it's important that that input, that the, the, the way that they input it is actually that, that voice is the main input or should be the main input. What I think will happen is the services that allow you to type letters all of a sudden become these novelty services. I, I have a website that you can type the letter Q because you don't have a fucking keyboard anymore. <laughs> Oh, you know yeah. what? I love this website. I'm going to pay you $8 a month so that I can get a keyboard that allows me to say, click the first letter. Thank you. Click the second letter. Thank you. It's not It's not there. I, and I completely agree. And it probably won't be there in 30 years. It would be cool if it was. But there, I do believe there is a merge coming. Like with Words are so efficient. They are such an efficient they absolutely use. absolutely are. They were... They... I... I I know where Gunner's going, and I don't necessarily disagree with him. I think that there is a form of communication that can happen without words, and I think that it can be much more efficient than words. However, we since we aren't tapped into it, it's hard for us to comprehend it. And I and, and I'm willing to admit that I, that that we are as a you know um, this uh, as our generation we are naive to that right because we don't live with it. We don't we, we have we're we're it's not embedded into our culture enough for us to even envision it, right? It's kind of like going back um, 2,000 years and talking to somebody about uh, uh, about the Milky Way galaxy, right? It, it, we Since we aren't raised with it, we aren't exposed to it, um, it's hard for us to comprehend what life would be like without words and without keyboards. But something simple, right? Like 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 labeling a building, Right with a word. Yeah, but I think what These you're getting caught up in are is the, so it, important. But you're getting caught up in. I don't necessarily think that when like Gunner is saying, I'm just displaying emotion. Like it could. What I think Gunner is kind of touching on is 
So how long it takes you to type that word out and for me to read it and recognize it, what if that was just directly going to my mind? Like mm-hmm. what, if, what if you're kind of just getting rid of cutting out the middleman, which is the screen or whatever, and it's just the messages are, are sent. But the problem is is that that message can only be communicated today through audio or, 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 or video. Sure. So I either need to embed the same exact word into your optic nerve, or I need to embed the sound of that word into your ears. I really haven't saved any time. I could have just made a phone call. You would have gotten the exact same information in about the same amount of time. It, unless it's expressing emotion, I don't see it helping. How do I portray the idea of a cat electronically without the word cat? It's extremely difficult. Right. Not using your eyes and not using your ears. It's very, very difficult because to me, when I think of a cat, I might think of the way that its breath smells like a butthole. <laughs> when I think about a cat, I might think about how the fur gets stuck on my hands every time I pet it. When I think of a cat, I might think about it curled up on the couch because they're always fucking sleeping or about cleaning their cat litter. If I send the idea of cat litter to your brain, it completely changes the context of communication because now the the, the feelings about the cat end up almost overpowering just the word and it takes the cat out of context. It completely out of context. How do you portray that idea without a word? Words are extremely efficient. And it's because symbols, as long as we memorize a few amount of symbols, when combined, they can represent larger things. I think that, that, that we should not underestimate the power of a label, of a name. It's the first thing that happens when you're born. There's a reason we're given names well, no, from, when from, we're born. From, a, from an occult perspective, uh, if your true, name, true, true names are very important. <laughs> Yeah, if if you're if you're born if you're born in 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 your name is an idea. Well, but 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 here, how do here, I even find you? Well, no. But so, and, but this is this gets okay. And again, this is this is words are very we got, unnecessary. We got, we they got, can only do harm. Hush, hush. <laughs> Keep it down now. How, how do I find Gunner? How do I find you on Facebook when your name becomes, uh, you know, one who whispers? How do I find you? <laughs> it's 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 funny it's funny that you picked that because that is that is not <laughs> that is that is that is that's I just of, did a Facebook part of one of those that is, for that one is, who whispers and I can't find him and it's even worse because my city doesn't have a name so I I don't actually I can't type in one who whispers in Canastota because Canastota the word Canastota is gone well so, I can't so, search for Canastota no. the name of my state is gone. So I could say one who whispers near me well, within a 20-mile radius, but what if there's 500 people? Well, what if you're in New York City? We're, we're, we're talking How about do this, I find we're, you? We're, we're, so what, what computing is eventually evolving into with the concept of, of non-relational databases and stuff like this, um, you know, ignore, ignoring Huna Huna Crystal bullshit. Um. So the you know again there's the, the I don't know if you're familiar with Jungian psychology and the concept of the archetype and all what that. is it Jungian 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 Carl Jung. so yeah he was he he was a dude used to hang out with Freud you know they kind of had their 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 parting of ways because they came to an irreconcilable difference of opinion but there's this concept of archetype and the archetype is effectively just a a symbolic representation of a larger meaningful concept. 
So like, you know, like they, they talk like people, people seeing UFOs or aliens, really, it's a reflection of this idea that human beings are, decou- you know, parts of the human mind are decoupled from their normal existence. So it's a, pre- do you ever see like, um, strange, there's a, there's actually a comic, there's an awesome comic strip called Strange Beings. And it's just, I haven't seen it. So the, okay, I'm going to have to share that later. So, so but it, it's. It's all of these things that people do that, from an outside perspective, are f- a fucking really weird. Like, here, welcome to our home with all of these fancy things. We have hidden them before you come over. You know, like, we have put them away so you do not see them before you come over. And it's just, it's, um, there is a, there's a Kurt Vonnegut story. Called, or actually, may, may, maybe not Kurt Vonnegut, but it, it, it's a short story called They're Made of Meat. And I read it back in the day, and it's this, this just goes to show like how fucking fundamentally miswired I am, because it took me 15 years to realize that the primary characters in that story were not human beings, because the conversation that the two primary characters had was something that I, I would have in my head, and I didn't realize that they were not supposed to be people, because it's this thing where it's these two guys talking, and they're like, basically, you know, it's pitched like they're astronauts. And they had landed on this planet, and you realize that the conversation that they're having is that they're aliens talking about trying whether to make contact with Earth, because the concept of just talking meat freaked them the fuck out. And it's oh fuck, I lost my point. <sighs> fuck me. Uh, so you you give it. So um, what? How? I mean. Would we would we tell the animals they can't talk either? No, but would we tell it, dolphins they got to shut no, down but their it, language. It, it's it's just the, it's it's so, dolphins so, so have to talk Jung, in emoji? Jung, 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 Does dolphins talk with dolphin emojis? Because you can get dolphin emojis. Jungian archetype. So so what 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 this gets into is that fundamentally our primary form of communication really doesn't engage all of the areas of our brain that can like allow us to extract and convey meaning. And but we have like a speech center in our brain. I mean, we, we, we have a speech for, center. For you to but, say it doesn't engage all parts of our brain. <sighs> well, no, but, but but you know because the, the the thing the thing the thing is is that we 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 build meaning in multiple do you know, layers. Do you know how hard it is to understand? When do you know how hard it is to come back to something that you've seen previously? And you either you forgot what it was, or you know your ancestors aren't going to be born knowing what it is. And a simple word explains more about that than any capture of thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, no words. Words are. I mean, would you do a brain dump to every person that shows up to your house? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm working on that particular machine. It's kind maybe, of invasive, maybe that's though. it. Maybe that's it. But man, I, I, I would have, I would want to stop going to people's homes because I get a fucking headache every time I show up, and now I gotta get their whole house dumped. I don't need to know the last time that they cleaned their 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 septic. You know, there's there's details in thought mm-hmm. that are are inappropriate. So for conversation, there's also what type of privacy problems no, do no, you so, run into? So, 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 so I get the emotion that you're aroused when I'm around you. I'm flattered, Gunner, but I get the emotion that you're aroused, and now you've lost the privacy of that. And I'm sorry, I said you. It could be anybody. I mean, Wade, I can see right now is aroused, but no. But seriously, like, like, what type of privacy concerns do you have when it's emotion? How do you filter well, well, the? the communication of stuff that's private to you words 
allow you to hide those. It allows you to put up walls and share what you'd like to share. What you're talking about is so theoretical that I really think that it takes hundreds or maybe thousands of years of evolution for it. And I actually believe that we need to crisper some of the voice out of us in order to evolve them. I don't think our brains... Yeah, I'm serious. No, I, no, I think we I, need I, no, to GMO I, our bodies I, I, so I, that I, our I, siblings are better at this type well, of communication. You might also need to take away some of the um, some of our instincts to be private, right? Some of our instincts. That's kind of where it's going, though. That's what social media was is. It's true. It's exactly what social media well, is. It's just starting to but test those, the waters there. But those people consuming social media are still the same exact. Neanderthals, not really Neanderthals, but they're essentially the same cavemen that we evolved from 40,000 years ago. We haven't really changed genetically for tens of thousands no, of years. With, so for us to think that... The tech's not been there, though. For us to think that, that, that this, this conceptual efficient form of communication is even close to be attainable, I think, I think it's ignoring the fact that it took... Tens of thousands of years just to evolve to where we are now, and that yeah, but they didn't have iPhones. That's true, or Facebook, or 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 or, Instagram or, or, or selfies, or electronic prosthetics for our reptilian brain. Ah, they had tablets. They were just the, the, I mean, the like text just didn't change that quickly. The text just didn't change that quickly. They draw they draw a picture of a fish. They right. drew pictures of fishes. That's it's their fucking. They had emojis back then, Gunner. Uh, well, so so actually, so this gets into this gets into an interesting. Well, thing okay, hold on. The eggplant was was a poisonous. We are over the two hour mark. And yeah, it, and it sounds like you're about to go the into a was, spiel. The eggplant well, no. was poisonous nightshade plant. I, you, you're though. saying not, you're not saying a, that you can't confuse. You're saying that you can't effectively communicate with emojis. What the fuck is hieroglyphics, buddy? I mean, that's true. They did it before. They've done it before. I didn't say you can't effectively communicate with emojis. I said that's what would have to replace our current communication. And it requires you to memorize a lot. Also, I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of the Egyptians. uh, Well, first of all, they had a written language. Yeah, it's called, it's it's hieroglyphics. Yeah, but, but, but it was an actual written language, Gunner. And it's It's not easy to read. You can't just look at a picture of something and know Do what you're saying. Hieroglyph- hieroglyph- I've, written, bro. <laughs> I've written hieroglyphics. It's 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 actually pretty difficult to read and write because you have to know what each symbol means exactly means. But if you can convey that, if you could break down when the most, information. But when most of your life is spearing fish, though, and building structures. You, the, the, the concepts that we have today, the language that we use today, I, I maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm a bit ignorant by saying it, but I think it's more complex no, than it, it was it, it, it back is. then. But if you, if you could break down the information that's being sent when you when you convey a word, and you and and, and you could just send that to somebody else, I mean, if it's all the same, if the packet remains intact. They're going to understand that without having to be able to read the word, essentially, no? Well, I mean, they'd, they'd have to read it somehow. They'd have to hear it or see it. But, but yeah, I mean, what you're doing is you're just replacing words with emojis, and now your language turns into thousands and thousands and thousands of symbols. You mean, you mean like letters and words? I mean, I guess I the way I think about <laughs> that is a pretty good point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
Touche. Well done, Gunner. I think you're not on top on that one. But that being said, we are over the two-hour mark now. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, give us a like and a share. And, uh, and some topic suggestions. Yeah, definitely some topic suggestions. Yeah, we're, dying, we're, di- we're dying out here, kids. We're, Come on. <laughs> we're, we're, we're scrounging for them. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll see you later. Right this